Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. This is Eco Money on Money FM 89.3 with me, Rachel Kelly. At Davos this year, Standard Chartered CEO Bill Winters demanded clear rules on climate financing as potential lenders are terrified of being accused of, you guessed it, greenwashing. And as a recent S&P Global Market Intelligence report highlights, banks face mounting risks of fines and regulatory probes over sustainability claims. But where are the lines drawn on what is and isn't sustainable? And what are big international banks doing about it? I sat down with Marissa Drew, Chief Sustainability Officer at Standard Chartered Bank, to find out. I asked her her thoughts on greenwashing and the journey towards sustainability and ESG. You tend to see when a new asset class emerges an enormous amount of enthusiasm. People see that and it's, it's very provocative to be a part of something that's new and exciting. And um, sustainability is, couldn't be a bigger asset class in some respects in that, in that, in that framing. And so you had huge amount of people pile into the space. And as, as something is developing, typically the standards are also in development mode. Regulation often runs to catch up to where the market is. And so what you find is, while there are, are, everybody's well-meaning, sometimes the definitions of what good looks like haven't been, mm-hmm. haven't been created yet. And also sometimes in a hyper-exciting market, it also uh, invites less well-intentioned actors that want to use this as a marketing job. That is a, that's a reality. And so what we need to do on this greenwashing topic, uh, I say, is the first thing that you can do to help yourself is radical transparency. Right? What you're, because in the, in the absence of regulation, the best you can do for your investors and your stakeholders is be very clear with why you're calling something green, why you're calling it impactful. Be open about that and let the investors decide if, if they agree with your definitions. Mm-hmm. And, and that way, it's a mutual two-way contract. Marissa also put forward an interesting question, and that is, what is the definition of green? What does green mean to you? Well, if we head over to the Investopedia website, it states that green investing seeks to support business practices that have a favorable impact on the natural environment. Here in Singapore, the Monetary Authority of Singapore's Managing Director, Ravi Menon, he said that Singapore as an international financial centre in Asia is committed to support Asia's transition through its Green Finance Action Plan. MAS is actively promoting a strong green finance ecosystem in Singapore to serve Asia. To help with this, a clear taxonomy is needed. And the regulator states that the Green Finance Industry Task Force, that's the GFIT or GFIT, convened by MAS, establishes and proposes taxonomy for Singapore-based financial institutions by identifying activities that can be considered green or transitioning towards green. You can find out more about that on the MAS website. Taking a look at another study, the Global Green Economy Report by Arup and Oxford Economics also proposes a new taxonomy. The green taxonomy proposed is different, though, from its peers. First of all, it is significantly more detailed. It provides more than 500 green activities for economies to choose from. Second, it proposes a flexible way to deal with transitional activities such as natural gas. And finally, it explores how green activities should be understood from a value chain perspective rather than purely in isolation. 
Authors of the report estimate that the transition to a net-zero emissions environment by 2050 will create new industries worth $10.3 trillion to the global economy by that same year. So with so much opportunity, the question is where to invest. And I asked Marissa what excites her. I pointed two things. One is the extraordinary uh, technological innovation that is happening, <laughs> happening in every single sector that is addressing the acute problems that we're facing, um, mostly environmental, but also social challenges. And we're seeing those breakthroughs just come, and the pace is is picking up at exponential speed. And that's quite exciting because that's the value creation in the future, but that's also transformational for traditional industries. And we see it in the food sector with lab-grown meat and seafood. We see it in material science for fashion. We see it, of course, in the energy sector with hopeful promises of green hydrogen and so on. So it, literally you can point to any, any industry and see that uh, evolution happening and that transformation happening. The second thing is uh, a term that we affectionately call radical collaboration in the industry is actually resulting finally in action. So sometimes if some were going to be critical of the COFs and Davises, you say there's lots and lots of pledges, but where's the action? And we are seeing the action. And it's something I would point to that just happened a few days ago, serious breakthrough is um, the UN, the countries that make up uh, the UN all agreed, and this took 15 years, but we got there to, uh, to create a pledge for uh, managing the open waters of the high seas. And this is all part of this concept called 30 by 30. So save 30% of the oceans, you know, within the next 30 years. Absolutely critical, not only to mitigating climate change because the oceans absorb so much carbon and regulate and mitigate our heat, but also healthy oceans feed a quarter of the world's population. Their primary source of, of protein is seafood. It's, it's you know, seventh largest GDP in the world. If we don't have healthy oceans, it's sort of game over for, for humanity. And yet... It was so hard for people to get their heads around the idea that we should uh, protect and, and collaborate on this idea of an open treaty uh, for the waters, um, and yet we got there. And, and so these are the moments of action, probably born out of necessity, if we're honest, because climate change is so here and real for people now, but it's happening, and that's a pretty exciting thing. What does this mean for blue finance? Mm, it's, it's very, very promising for blue finance. So uh, some years ago, uh, I was part of the, the UN high-level group that uh, set out to say, how can we define and mobilize capital for blue finance? First stop was setting uh, and creating a set of core principles. And so we took something out of the playbook of uh, the green bond market and we created the blue bond principles. So that was that same idea that if you create a set of principles and standards that the market can adopt, then that would start to unlock capital. Second thing that we did was to define what are sectors that are investable from a commercial proposition, traditional commercial proposition in the oceans. It's, it's everything from offshore wind and solar and sustainable fisheries. It's all the data that is going toward the ocean, whether it's mapping or going way deep underground to identify where the next uh, breakthrough drugs will come from. Most cancer drugs are actually coming out of the marine environment, and on and on it goes. But to try to frame that so that people could dive into sectors that spoke to them. So a whole lot is happening in, in this ocean space. It's incredibly exciting right now. An interesting thought, though, is that with so many new companies entering the ring, who could be the next Elon Musk of sustainability? 
Alex Manson, global head of SC Ventures, which is a business unit that provides a platform and catalyst for Standard Chartered to promote innovation, invests in disruptive financial technology and explores alternative business models. I asked him for his thoughts on the next big sustainability business trend. The one prediction I think we can make is that there will be amazing things happening, right? So, so, so unicorns will emerge, whether we want to call them that way or some other way down the line. But you know, great companies will emerge, business models will emerge that we don't know of, you know, as of yet. And the effervescence of uh, of technology and people sort of looking to solve the problem is is you know fascinating to see. But it's a long-winded way of saying that we don't really know as mm-hmm. of yet what these business models are, and and uh, and um, and you know how people will go about it. First thing we are focusing on is building standards and apprehending the data in a way that is transparent, consistent, and rigorous, which is absolutely critical to anyone doing financing. Um, that's you know one one area of focus. I think the second area of focus I, I just highlight is is uh, consumer behavior evolving. The the fact that we that we do things differently. The fact that you know and, and certainly our our, our 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 next generation children are holding us accountable for it. You know, but we 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 do business a little differently. We travel or do not travel differently. We buy goods or don't buy goods a little differently. Um, that evolution of consumer behavior is going to be translated into the way people do finance with their mm-hmm. own finances. So it has an impact on on banking, generally speaking, wealth from wealth management to the banks you bank with, you, you place deposits to the way, etc. Addressing that consumer expectation in the context of banking and finance is going to be absolutely critical in order to stay relevant. Any particular projects that you're working on at the moment on that front? We've announced one, Troll, which there. is matching matching digital deposits to a green loan book in order to create green deposits. It's a very promising project, and obviously you can see the you can see how it could evolve towards you know you know from deposits to investor you know an increasingly important thing. So so that project is in you know so sort of public domain testing and uh, and stay tuned for uh, for more news there. Um, as it relates to building standards, we're also working on on, on a venture because you know, what, what I characterize as, as a hurdle we need to cross as an industry, data with integrity essentially, that is also a commercial opportunity which we think there's a you know there's a need for this and we think we, we can build that. That was Alex Manson, a global head of SC Ventures. I'm Rachel Kelly and you've been listening to Eco Money on Money FM eighty nine point three.